Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning again. It is great to gather here and to worship with you. Thank you, Brad, for reading those scriptures with us. We're going to start a new sermon series today. This series is going to go for several weeks here. The series is called Fear, Faith in Uncertain Times. Fear, faith in uncertain times. I don't know about you, but I would consider the current pandemic that we're all living through an uncertain time. And we face uncertain moments throughout our lives, not just during a global pandemic. Sometimes they're a little uncertain. Sometimes they're very uncertain, very unsettling. Well, as we do that, we're going to kick things off here with a question. Now, some of you know this is a question we had on Facebook just a few days ago. But I want to put it out there again because not many of you responded. So I'm really intrigued to know this question here. What is your favorite kind of pizza? What is your favorite kind of pizza? Now, for me, one of my favorite kinds of pizza is the pizza we get over in Poland. I don't know what's different, but when we're over there at the camp and we order pizza, it's just a little bit different than we have here in the States. But one of my favorite of all favorite kinds of pizza is just a good pepperoni pizza, especially, you know, that oven toasted pizza, the smokiness in that pizza. But I want pepperoni. I just don't want a salty pepperoni. I want, I want some pepperoni that's got a bit of a bite to it. And I just love how that is warm, gooey cheese, the spicy pepperoni is just, oh, it's so good. And, and right now, if you know me at all, usually by this time in the morning, I, I am ready for breakfast number two or maybe even breakfast number three. I am hungry. So I'm not going to even pay attention to your post right now. We'll, we'll share those. You can see those online because you'll just make me hungry. Then I already am. But all right, we're going to begin this new series again called Faith in Uncertain Times. Fear, faith in uncertain times. And we're going to be kick this off as we take a look at the life of Job. Now, as we do that, we're going to focus especially on these words of Job from Job 19, part of the words we heard that Brad read this morning. Let's read these words together. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, He will stand on the earth. These probably most well-known words of Job, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, He will stand upon the earth, and I will see Him with my very own eyes. My living Redeemer, my kinsman Redeemer. Well, let's kind of back into Job, just in case you're not as familiar with Job, and You know, there's probably a reason that most people don't name their sons Job, you know, because of what he went through. He went through a difficult time, an uncertain time, an unsettling time in his life. If you're all familiar, you know that that he lost everything, everything that was of value to him, everything that said he was successful, all those that he loved, he lost all of it. And he asked a lot of questions during this time, just like, you know, we do when we face unsettling and uncertain times in our lives. But you know, one thing that's important for us to know, and and we capture this in Job 1, verse 1 and verse 8, about who Job is. So let's go ahead and read this together. He was a man of integrity. He was decent. He feared God, and he stayed away from evil. That sounds like a good guy, right? Upright guy, guy that was probably in church every weekend, a guy that that gave generously to the Lord. It says he gave those sacrifices, that he served God, that he tried to stay away from things that would, you know, get him into trouble, that would cause him to sin. And yet, this guy is encountering difficult times in his life. He loses everything. Now, part of this story of Job, and part of what you probably should know about Job, 
Job is a type of literature in the Old Testament that is more of a poetic style of literature. If you read Job, if you've never read it before and you've got time, maybe while we're stuck in our homes, to read through Job, Job has a very poetic and beautiful way of carrying on the conversations that Job has with his buddies, that Job has later with God, and that God has with Job. And as we do that, you know, you see that Job was a pretty good guy. He's a decent guy, a guy that you would expect, you know, God would bless. And in many ways, God had blessed him. But what happens is we read through Job, we find that Satan, you know, the accuser, looks at Job's life and challenges God. So you kind of imagine this conversation going on with Satan coming before the God of the universe saying, I bet Job only blesses you, worships you, honors you because you have been good to him. Now, God knows Job. God knows Job's faith. And God knows that Job trusts him and loves him. And so, you know, what Satan does is Satan wants things to unfold in Job's life, these uncertain, these difficult things. And so he loses everything. He loses his livestock. He loses his home. You know, he loses his children. He eventually loses his wife. Everything is gone. I don't know if you've ever faced those uncertain, difficult times in your life. When it seems like, you know, God, where are you at in the midst of all this? Well, for 35 chapters in Job, as you walk through Job, for 35 chapters, God seems to be missing. God seems like he's not around at all. Instead, there's this conversation going on with Job and, and his buddies and his wife. They're trying to help him reason through why he is suffering, why he is struggling. And some of the answers that they give Job are some of the answers I think we have given to others, we've given to ourselves. I know that I have. Some of the answers that we sometimes hear from some TV preachers, you know, we, we call these sometimes prosperity gospels. If you have enough faith and you're good enough, God is going to bless you. And if things are not good, God is, you know, punishing you. Bad theology. And, and this theology called theodicy is really from two Greek words. The first word, theo, means God. And this edike is the word for justice. And this, this struggle that we have in our culture and our lives, and I've had it in my life, of God, why am I going through this right now? And God, where are you at in the midst of all this? So for 35 chapters, God seems absolutely silent. Have you ever felt like God has been silent in your life? Have you ever felt that way? Ever felt like God has just, you know, shut down his ears and he is not listening to you? I mean, I know I felt like that sometimes. I know as I wrestle my faith that that's not true, but yet that's the way that I feel sometimes, that God is just like, if not going to listen to you, too busy, I'm going to ignore you right now. Yet I know the Scriptures. I know the Scripture says that God hears my cry for mercy, my cry for help, that God's ears are attentive, that God is not a God who sleeps, a God who's always awake, always available, and always there. I think that's why often God reminds his people and he reminds us so often, don't be afraid because I am with you. And then he says that it's not that don't you be afraid. It's a matter of us, him telling us this truth, reminding us of this truth. I am with you in the midst of whatever is going on in your life, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the unsettling moments that you're facing. I am there. 35 chapters, God seems silent. For 35 chapters, Job cries out to God, God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? 
For 35 chapters, Job's buddies and his wife try to give him some, some reasoning behind what is happening. Job, you must have sinned. You must have done something wrong. You know, there's something, some sin that you've forgotten about that you haven't confessed to God and that God is punishing you. And Job, Job knows God and, and he knows himself. And he goes like, I, I know I'm an upright man. I, I know I also sin, but I, but I know God isn't punishing me, but I still don't understand why. For 35 chapters, God seems silent. And then God speaks to Job in the storm. God, you know, wraps himself in this storm and he speaks to God. He, he, he wraps himself in, in this storm. And I talk about a storm that God wraps himself in. And this is not the first time that God has appeared in something of creation. I mean, he appeared in a burning bush. He appeared and spoke in a small, still voice. And here he speaks in this storm. And God speaks in the storms of our lives. And imagine the storm that God spoke in. That this storm that God speaks to Job in is not like, you know, a little gentle rainfall. This is like, you know, for those of us here in the Midwest, this is a Category 5 tornado. Or for those who live on the coastlines, like with a hurricane, this is a Category 5 hurricane. This is a thundering storm that God has wrapped himself in, and he's speaking to Job. And he begins saying, Job, Job, you don't understand. You, you cannot fully understand everything because, you know, you and I, like Job, our, our minds are finite. We, we, we don't fully understand everything that's happening in all the world, but God does. And God, you know, presents Job with these 40 questions. And as he does that, God speaks to Job. But, you know, what's really important here is God has been silent again for 35 chapters. Is what is here in Job 38, verse 1. Let's read this together. Then the Lord, Yahweh, spoke to Job out of the storm. Then the Lord, Yahweh, and we put Yahweh in brackets there. It's important because this name for God has not been used since the first few chapters of Job. For all the conversations Job's buddies were having with him, that his wife was having with him, that, that Job was having with his buddies and having with God, they called God Almighty and, and Lord, but they didn't call him Yahweh. And because Yahweh carries a very personal relationship with God. So now this God who has a relationship with Job, who has a relationship with us, wraps himself in this storm and he speaks to Job. Ultimately reassuring Job, Job, I am with you. Now think about this in the storms that we face. And, and Job, as he rattles through these questions, it's, it's profound what he says after this conversation that God has with him. Let's read these words from Job 40, verses 4 and 5 together. I'm so insignificant. How can I answer you? I will put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I can't answer. Twice, but not again. You get this idea that, that, again, God is saying, hey, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Could you, could you, you know, pet the Leviathan? We're not even sure quite what creature that really maybe is. He says, no, because if you did, he'd bite your hand off. He says, I was there. And God says, I, you know, I, I, I'm infinite. I, I understand all things. And the one thing you need to understand is I, that I am with you. And Job, after all of that conversation, kind of says, um, I don't know if you've ever done this before. It's something like, I'm just going to shut my mouth. I'm not going to say anything again. And Job rests in God's promise and his presence. 
he rests in those words that he spoke again in, in Job 19. I know that my Redeemer, and more literally, my kinsman Redeemer lives. The God who is my kinsman Redeemer, the God who is with me, is a living God, a living Savior, a living Redeemer. Now this God who wraps the storm around himself and speaks to Job is the same God who wraps flesh around himself and steps into our world and into our lives in Jesus Christ. He's the same God that wrapped flesh around himself and lived a life of perfect obedience. Even as righteous, as a man of integrity as Job was, you know, was nothing compared to what Jesus and who he is and how he lived because he had no sin. And the scriptures tell us that he who had no sin becomes sin for us. So this God who wraps flesh on himself is the God who goes to the cross to receive the punishment and judgment that we deserve. See, the punishment and judgment that we deserve falls on Jesus at the cross. And that same Savior, wrapped in flesh, who dies, becomes the fulfillment of Job's words, of the vision that God gave to him, of our living Redeemer. The living Redeemer who promises, I am with you. I am with you right now in the midst of the storm that you're going through, in the midst of this COVID-19, in the midst of the uncertainty of your own economics, of your relationships, of the brokenness and the hardships that you are facing. I am with you. I am our God says, your living Redeemer. Now, as we go through uncertain times, as we face hardships and, and brokenness, as we wrestle through the storms in our lives, it may seem like God is not with us, but God is. And part of what we see in Job, and again, I, I love reading through the Scriptures because if you really read them, you see that those people in the Scriptures, they're a lot like us. Job had faith. But in the mixed in with his faith was fear and uncertainty. And what can happen to us is what Job's friends were trying to do to him. They were feeding his fears. So here's the question that I want you to wrestle through this week and really for this series. How will you feed your faith this week? How will you feed your faith this week? You know, you, you talk about you know, like your favorite kind of pizza and, and what you might feed your faith with this week. But how will you feed your faith? faith because it's easy for us to feed our fears i mean with the covid19 i know if you're like i have been doing i've watched a lot of news and read a lot of news and it feeds those fears and those uncertainties and those anxieties that i may have about the virus and, and what it may mean for my life and your life for our community and our world and you know it's easy for us to feed our fears but what we're encouraged to do is to feed our faith. That doesn't magically make all the fears and the uncertainties and the brokenness go away. But feeding our faith enables us to stand with that confidence in the midst of the fears and the uncertainties, like Job did, and say, my Redeemer lives. My God is with me. So how do you feed your faith? Well, some easy, practical ways to feed your faith. Be in the Word especially during this COVID-19, especially in the time of uncertainty. In the midst of this, too, many of you I know are going through other things not on top of and in addition to the COVID-19. Feed your faith by being in the Word, being in prayer, being connection with one another. It's how we care for and encourage one another, reminding one another that God is with us. 
So how do we do that? You know, open up the Bible. If you got the portals of prayer, read the portals of prayer. I mean, I put it on the back of this one here. And if you don't have a hard copy of the portals of prayer, go to cph.org. Right now, they've got an online version they're making available to us. And spend just a little time in God's Word and in prayer. As we've had in other sermons, we've talked about, you know, the value of being, you know, in song or being able to listen to music. Just like we opened up with a great song about our living Redeemer. And our closing song is another powerful song about our living Redeemer and Savior who is always with us. You know, music is so powerful. Whether it's a traditional hymn, and the one hymn that especially comes to mind as we think about Job is hymn number 264, I Know That My Redeemer Lives. If you don't have a hymnal at home and you don't have the ability to play it on the piano, you know, look it up on YouTube. Listen to that song. Listen to those encouraging words. You know, go to Spotify or listen to someplace like, you know, Caleb and, and, and listen to that music that helps to encourage you and reassure you that God is with you, that God loves you, that God has not abandoned you, that you're feeding your faith and not your fear. So what step will you take this week to feed your faith? One of the things I love, again, is sticky notes, marker, and I love to write myself encouraging words, reminding words, God is with me. Are those words that God hears me, that God cares for me, that God is not abandoning me, that we leave ourselves those notes and leave others in your household notes this week, encouraging them that God is with them, that together we can encourage one another and we can feed our faith. And God's Spirit works through His Word, works through our relationships to encourage us in our faith. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise. You are our living Redeemer. We thank you and praise you. You are the God who is always with us. And Lord, like Job, there are times we face uncertainties. There are times we are terrified. We are afraid. We are overwhelmed. We are broken. And Lord, sometimes like Job, we question why. We wonder where you are at in the midst of this. And like Job, we hear you speak those encouraging words to us. You are with us. In fact, Lord Jesus, we hear your words recorded in Matthew's gospel. I am with you always. We thank you, our living Redeemer, that you are with us. Help us, we pray this week, to encourage one another to feed our faith and not our fears. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.